from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And they put all their energy in, in that and then die. They're often uh, pollinated by hummingbirds, nectar-feeding bats, or moths, and they, they produce thousands of seeds that get spread and start a new generation, but the old plant dies. Well, so this, this uh, tall spike of a flower is here in St. Louis. I imagine there might not necessarily be hummingbirds around ready to do their business. What are you guys doing to make sure this death is not in vain? I'm Sarah Fenske. The Mexican plant, known as agave polona, only flowers every 20 years or so. And that is a big complication because the plant is critically endangered. While it's in flower, researchers need to do all they can to propagate it. For the Missouri Botanical Garden, that crunch time is now. And joining us now to explain why is Jared Chauncey. He's a senior horticulturalist at the Missouri Botanical Garden. Jared, welcome. Uh Hello. Yeah, uh, glad to be here. Yeah, so Jared, tell us about this agave. What makes it unique? So uh, agave polona is a, is a small agave um, endemic to uh, the uh, Sierra El Viejo range in the Sonoran, Mexico, and that means it only occurs in this small mountain range. And, and so it only... Um, it only occurs there in a very small population, and so it's it's uh, that's one of the things that makes it critically endangered. Do you have a sense of roughly how many there are of these agaves in the world? Um, I do not. They um, there are, are studies and uh, things like IUCN reports, the International um, Union of. Uh, uh, well, the, the IUCN reports, and um, they they record things. They do studies to try to figure out how many, but but some some species are better recorded reported than others. Okay. So I don't have a exact graph. So maybe not great stats on this, but we know how many are here in St. Louis. The Missouri Botanical Garden has two. How did that come about? Yeah. So. Um, so we, the plant was discovered in the 1960s, um, and we got, we have two, one from the um, uh, Desert Botanical Garden in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and another from the uh, Sonoran Desert Museum, and um, so these these go back early into the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, where it was early discovered, and we've had our plants since then. So during the time they've been in St. Louis, this has now been four decades or so, have they ever blossomed during that time period? Um, no, these these two plants have not. They uh, Once they flower, they die. So they don't know. In the wild, it can take them, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years to flower. Uh, an average might be 20 in, the, in a uh, 
garden or greenhouse setting, it can be faster, but these have been growing in pots for for uh, four decades, so they, they have not yet bloomed, and once they do, they'll die. So they have been taking their good old time to get to this point. This has been a, a nice, maybe relaxed existence for them, being there in these pots, but they are now re- reaching the very end of your life. When did you realize, okay, wow, it's been decades, but these guys are, are starting to bloom? Um, a little over a month ago, we noticed in the greenhouse that it was it was flowering. When they um, they were a spiky rosette, and when they flower, they send out a large shoot from the middle. And while the plant is only about a foot tall, this uh, flower spike is now over six feet tall. Wow! And. Uh, so that would be anybody walking by would notice. Wow! There's this six foot spike coming off of this plant. Right. Right, right, exactly. So what? Um, Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to say that um, they they put all their energy at the end of their life to flower, and they put on this large, large stalk. They use all their energy and put on this large stalk. And this is a small agave, so it's it it the stalk gets to six feet. Uh, some of the larger agaves, which can be a meter or two across, can have a thirty or forty foot tall flower spike. Hmm. Um, and they put all their energy in, into that and then die. And then they can, they're often uh, pollinated by hummingbirds, nectar feeding bats, or moths, and they, they go high up and they, um, they produce thousands of seed that get spread and start a new generation, but the old plant dies. Well, so this this uh, tall spike of a flower is here in St. Louis. I imagine there might not necessarily be hummingbirds around ready to do their business. What are you guys doing to make sure this death is not in vain? So uh, uh, I'm so we're hand pollinating it. Um, we take the anthers, the pollen, and, and pollinate it onto the uh, oh, to the female flower parts, and it will uh, hopefully pollinate and. We will get seed, and then we can grow, use these seeds to grow, to keep the genetics of this plant in the collection, and we can grow them out and put them on display in future exhibits, and we can also uh, most likely use them, uh, the other plants we get, to tissue culture and put permanent tissue culture samples um, in our in our tissue culture collection so they can be propagated from uh, quickly uh, that way and kept permanently uh, because uh, agave has been successfully tissue cultured. So, so you're kind of in a frenzy of activity right now. Uh, yeah, we're uh, well. Right now, we just have to pollinate it. But yeah, we're working on pollinating it as the as the flowers open. And when yeah. will you know if if you found success with that pollination? Uh, so it can take uh, it can take a month or two for the. With the um, the fruit to develop and the seed pods to open, they kind of uh, form dehiscent seed pods with black, shiny black seed, flat seeds. And so you'll be able to see that in the next couple months. You'll know, okay, we're going to have yeah, a new agave polona. Right, right, and there'll be there'll be thousands of seed if if we were successful. So. So this is the crucial time here. How long do you suspect you'll have before this flowering agave then dies? Uh, usually it, it, they often slow, start to slowly decline after they've flowered. And then once they, um, as they go through the ripening process, they'll decline further. It, they, 
they live take a little longer to die if they actually set seed. But um, but then once the seed setting the seed and everything is done, they'll be pretty pretty on their last leg, and then they'll kind of just peter out. So are we talking a matter of months here? Uh yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll probably be dead in a few months, shortly after the seed set. Okay. And and we mentioned uh, earlier in the conversation, you have two of these particular type of agave. This is just one that's blossoming. You're still waiting for the other one. Right. The other one, the other one hasn't flowered. So it'll probably flower in the next few years because it's, uh, it's even older than the previous, than the other one. That one is really taking its, its good old time. Oh, yes. Okay. So this is kind of a, a big opportunity here. It sounds like you're seizing the day. You're doing what you can to get it pollinated, to get new uh, agaves into the world. But if this doesn't go well, you still have this other one um, where you'll be able to do this, this same sort of process with hopefully in the next couple of years. Right, exactly. So is this a pretty exciting time, sort of all hands on deck as far as the senior horticulturalists? Uh, well, well me, me at least... Um, I take care of the uh, Mediterranean arid and subtropical collections. So, so it's mostly me. But uh, for this, further further down, we have uh, tissue culture specialists, propagation specialists who who will handle handle other parts of the process. Mm-hmm. But. Well, we appreciate you making the time, even in the middle of of everything going on with this plant. This has been interesting to hear about, uh, Jared Chauncey. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. And Jared is a senior horticulturalist at the Missouri Botanical Garden. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. This episode was produced by Jane Mather Glass with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.